Greetings, Amigops, and Top Teners everywhere. Welcome back to another edition of Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. I am your co-host, Kyle. Opposite me today is your co-host, Michael. He looks very comfortable. It looks like one of his patented comfy hoodies. It looks like it's it looks it's plaid, it's blue, it may even be flannel. It just looks comfy, like all of his his clothing is. This week, as we do every week, we will be discussing a top 10 list. This week, Mike has put the topic together. I don't know what it is. I have no clue. I've been told it's a good one. I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll spend the better part of the next hour talking about this topic, ranking it into a top 10 fashion. After some vigorous debate, we'll arrive at a definitive version of this list, at which point we can all get the heck out of here. I think we're ready to start. So, Michael, what are we talking about? All right, thank you for that lovely introduction, K Dog. I have to to tell you and tell the audience that most of what you just said is is inaccurate. Um, it's mm. typically accurate, but just for this week, it's not accurate. I I know when we cre- when we created this podcast, it was with the idea of creating top ten lists, you know, ranking them, re ranking them, all those things. That's a big part of why our podcast is named Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. However, for this week, uh, I will I will be discussing eleven items, no honorable mentions, but it is a top eleven. But then, but then, kind of more importantly, there's no rankings because you, you'll understand in a moment why there's no rankings. But um, it didn't feel appropriate to to rank this topic. So instead, I have eleven things I'll be discussing, and I have it sort of grouped into different groups. Which are then alphabetized. So no rankings, no groups. <laughs> and then within those groups, there's some alphabetical order situation. So as listeners know, uh, I just finished up my sister's wedding. It was a very lovely event. And uh, while I, I would love to revel in her wedding forever, she's had her day. It's over. It's my day now. <laughs> Caroline and I are getting married in October. And a big part of of a wedding is having your wedding party. So today on this very special pod, I will be announcing my official groomsmen. <laughs> this is my wedding party. I will be I will be sharing who is going to be standing next to me at my wedding, possibly standing in the front row. I don't know. We haven't figured out the blocking and tackling yet, but that is the dealio. Unbelievable! I love this i did not see this coming but we were discussing this very topic the other day uh people were asking about you and your wedding some friends of ours and they asked if i was going to be in the party which i I still don't know and i told them i had no idea uh because you had not you had not uh, come to me you had not asked me i had not heard from anyone else that they had been asked uh, so I was in the dark mm-hmm. about this, but now I know at the very least there will be a, it sounds like there are 11 people in the party. And I think this is a utterly appropriate way for you to tell people. The only problem. That was kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> yes. I know what your problem you're going to state is, and you are correct. 
I can think of one person that is likely in your party that is extremely unlikely to listen to this podcast, even if you tell him to. <laughs> yes, as I as I look through my list, there are a few folks who I'm going to have to really poke and prod to listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> you should really check it out. It's good this week. Yeah, I would be like, guys, like... I would really love if you would check out this week's edition. It's a special one, and they're never going to listen. Uh, and and presumably yeah. just not show up at my wedding. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> screw them. Screw them anyway. I. You know what? This actually might be a good test. You know how in, like a, in a mob movie or a spy movie, the way you find out who the rat is is you flush some false information down and you see where it comes out the other end you marry off marcella to one of dorn or highgarden or one of those and you see where it comes up precisely so <laughs> i'm gonna start sharing relevant details of my personal life <laughs> on this and just you know just a kind of a loyalty test see who's listening see who's not oh my god you have rabies mike <laughs> yeah i can't believe <laughs> it i thought, I thought that had largely been eradicated <laughs> but certain of your friends are blissfully unaware of your rabies so yeah they see me that... filming at the mouth and they're like what's going on with mike i don't know hey, you're, gonna to, you're gonna have to listen to the pod <laughs> oh mike uh, what's up with your what, what's going on i noticed your jaw's not moving much man you're you're, you're acting kind of rabid dude <laughs> so that's the situation uh let's let's get rolling um, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let, Are we starting at number eleven? Everything's all topsy turvy this week. There's no structure. So no, there's no, no rules. eleven. No eleven because there's no ranking. We, we are not ranking. Oh, I that's am, right. I I am generally moving towards a sort of a, a, a different phase of this list, which is towards the end. But there's no ranking. So we're right. going to start with we're going to start with the group called the friends. Okay, so the, the first friends. group is my my friends who will be in my wedding party okay okay so alphabetically speaking the first up is the in fact that very person who is very <laughs> unlikely to listen to this episode it's actually very considerate of you because it means he won't have to listen to the whole thing he just That's has to listen point. to the first 10 minutes i hadn't really considered that but that is a very happy coincidence uh <laughs> and it's also a good thing that I'm using his Americanized name because that means uh -huh. he's, yeah, he's first. So up first is your friend, my friend, our friend, Alex. So I, I don't really have a whole lot prepared. I'm just going to speak kind of off the cuff about these friends. You know, most of them. So I met Alex in our dorm in college. He was the sort of confusing neighbor who just pop by and make a lot of noise on our couch and alex really took me a while to figure out i didn't know why dylan spent so much time with him for a while over time i realized that alex is a, a shockingly loyal friend he's a, just a real hoot to be with because he sees the world in such a strange way and i cannot give a person a higher endorsement than to say that i genuinely enjoyed driving from Boston to Montreal and back with him. That is over the course of like two days, I, something in the order of 10 hours of one-on-one -on -one time, which is I, no matter who the friend is, that is an extraordinary amount of alone time. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Also not separated by any separation. Cause then you yes. proceeded to spend the whole weekend with him too. So Yes, and had quite a nice time with him specifically over the course of that weekend. Right. 
Yeah. Alex Alex is a guy who snuck up on me. I if you asked me a couple years ago, do I think this guy is going to be in in your bridal party? I would absolutely not have said yes. Um one one thing that I I want to note for the listeners, you specifically is Alex and I had this kind of fun post-college time that is not very well documented because we don't take pictures. Like we just he's a bad sharer. I'm a medium sharer. But Alex moved to Boston after college, and we spent an awful lot of time together. Um, he and Caroline are like buddies now, and um, that was that was a great time for us. We had a we had a really nice time over the last couple of years while he was well, yeah, in Boston. We were around for like the incubation of his his comedy career, which is you know it's a big thing, and what a lot of us have seen, you know, from time to time, but not as consistently as you have. So that's very special that you two have shared that. But yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't think he'd be offended by this if he does end up listening to it. But like we weren't like groomsman level friends with Alex when we first knew him and our friendship with him has evolved. I know mine has. I know yours has, too. So, yeah, totally. So, Alex, uh, I, and I to be clear to all the people on this list, you're very welcome to say no. I don't I would say there is a non zero chance that Alex says, oh, thanks, man. I'm busy that weekend. So. You're welcome to say no. You guys are. I'm. I'm trying to sign you as free agents, and if you if you don't want to be signed, that's okay. So, well, I, I mean, I guess that's that's entirely possible. I don't it's know. It's really I, that we'll message see. is specifically for Alex because Alex no, may be on I'm, a steamship to like Columbia that weekend. I don't know. I honestly couldn't no, say. I, and I'm actually in, I'm unsure of my calendar, anyways. So yeah. Well, luckily I mean, you're could, not. Um, you know. Well. We don't need to get into it, but you may or may not be on the list. So, um, good point. Yeah, that was kind of presumptuous of you. I feel pretty stupid. I might. Well, you're editing this one. Could you go ahead and cut that? I feel like a real I, ass. I will cut that. Uh, all right. So number two uh, in our alphabetical order here in the friends, the friends section, is another person who just I I don't know why, but kind of took me a while to to figure out is Jameson. So Jameson is just one of the best people on the planet. Uh, Jameson is also a college buddy. Uh, he lived in our dorm in college. We ate dinner with him most every night of college. He was friends first with Dylan, which is which is not a surprising uh, turn of events, but definitely a theme. Like Dylan was friends with wife of the pod and like beloved allegiance first like most of the great people we know we know because of dylan and jameson is is certainly one of those people i would have probably been too shy because dylan or because jameson was like doing a bunch of stuff in our college dorm and i was not um and i and i just knew him as the guy who had a suspiciously low golf handicap that i didn't believe for a while <laughs> and then it's I golfed with people. him. And it is real. He's an exceptional golfer. He's also just one of the, just like one of the most deeply good people I know. He's um, exceptionally tuned into what's going on in the world. He really cares, like really, really cares and really knows what's happening in the world. Is a great brother, great son, great friend, great fiance, soon to be husband. He's just, he's an incredible guy. Um, honored to know him and he is he will be he'll be up there with me on my wedding day hopefully jameson's the best he has a, a weird knack for <laughs> displaying absurd intelligence mingled yes. with 
unparalleled aloofness, which is like a really fun and interesting it's a very combination. fun combination. That's hard to match. Uh, I just saw Jameson over the weekend. We were able to meet up for a few minutes at the Notre Dame Duke game in North Carolina, and it was extremely pleasant to catch up with our good friend. Um, yeah. It just occurred to me that if that a lot of people like listening to this podcast know Jameson because they're our friends, but also if they're even if they're not our friends, they probably have a good sense of Jameson's sensibilities because they've listened to him on this very podcast. Jameson's sure been on it three times. He did Guilty Pleasure uh, Hip Hop, he did mm-hmm. N64 games, and he did Battle Scenes. So if you want to know more about the people we're talking about, I'd say probably most of the people that we're going to be discussing have, have been on the podcast. Alex, too. Yeah. Alex was on the Arctic Monkeys episode, and he was he might have been our very first guest when we did um, Facial Hair. Fictional Facial Hair. Yeah. Yeah, no, these are that's a good point. Uh, we have a couple people on this list who folks are not as familiar with, but generally speaking, there's plenty of material on these people. Um I also I I do I have to out Jameson here a little bit. Um I hope he's not gonna be mad that I share this, but there was a there was a time recently, I don't know which visit this was, <laughs> but I was I was visiting Chicago or or something, and I, he maybe dropped me off at the airport, whatever it was, and I was going to leave. And he, you know, we we got a hug, and I like pulled away, and he actually was kind of choked up. And it was like one of the kindest and most flattering moments of my life that I was. I, it wasn't. It wasn't like a particularly momentous occasion. It was just me seeing my friend and um, seeing how much he was going to miss me was so nice. It meant so much to me, and. I, I was just like so touched by that. Um, and it's just the kind of thing that you get with Jameson. He comes from great stock. His whole family is incredible. And they're just, they're not afraid to share their feelings. And they're just good people. And Jameson is that, very much that. No, I had a a similar experience when Jameson and I uh, were no longer roommates in Chicago. Yeah. And it's, you're right. It's very, it's a special thing to spend time with Jameson. And I got the benefit of living with him for a few. So I'm a lucky yeah. guy. Amen to that. All right. So next on our list uh, is a man of few words, uh, but a man of great impact, a person that listeners of the pod know very well, a man who I try to sell to every eligible single in Boston. And I get a lot of nibbles in spite of the fact that he lives all the way down in Jacksonville, Florida. Once I show a photo of him and I zoom in on the chest muscles, like everybody I say, you know, you should you should date this guy. They say, you know, those are some chest muscles, baby. He's so, royalty. He's king in the north. He is king in the north. Uh, so next up is my man, Mikey Mike. Uh, Mike is, and I, I'm going to probably be repeating myself because all I like all of these people because of the qualities that they have. But Mike is... Um, Mike is just this extraordinary person. He's extremely smart, extremely principled. He's like deeply good in a lot of ways that I just couldn't even really fathom. He's just, he's the kind of person you're proud to to be associated with. I, I love me some Mikey Mike. He and I became buddies in college because we started lifting weights together and that was just one of the luckiest things that's ever happened to me was I walked out of our dorm our freshman year and I just said, Hey, does anybody want to go lift some weights? And that was, that was it. And Mike's like, 
yeah, sure. And I, it, it took, that was it. It took a lot for me to ask that question because it's not really in my nature to do that. It was based off of some advice that I know I've mentioned before, just for my sister about trying to find friends who like to do different things. And I asked and Mike, I credit to him. That takes balls to just say, yes, I, I mean, it didn't take as you know big a balls as I thought because he really was just trying to show me up in the weight room, which of course he did. He did uh, unquestionably, but I credit to him for saying yes. And we lifted weights together and just realized we really like a lot of the same stuff. And we both love MythBusters. We love meat. We like lifting weights. We both are very passionate about like the technique of lifting weights. Um, and so that was kind of how that all started. And Mike is a funny guy because you peel back the onion and it's just always more there. And so the last whatever it's been eight years has been just peeling back that onion and finding more stuff and finding that I like every layer underneath. As a third party to this, and I'm close with both of you, but I would like you like you with Alex and Jameson, you said, you know, we both of us became better friends with those two guys, mostly through dylan because dylan's more outgoing than either us are but dylan and i became better friends with mike through you uniquely in this case and i will say one of my favorite things about your relationship having been a big part of it the last couple years is from a very like um just like i don't i don't know what the right word is but it's just very pleasing to see the two of you together because you're approximately the same height and you're approximately the same weight and you're both very strong and you're both named mike so it's actually just really fun to see the two of you together and for a while there i was working out with you guys and lifting far far less weight but it was always fun to be just a a third wheel watching you guys share that passion and be in the gym together um and then couple that together with your like you said a, a shared love of mythbusters and um I don't know. I'm I'm very very happy that we happened to live right next to Mike freshman year. And, oh, what uh, luck! Because he never ever ever would have would have like if we didn't live next to him and just like trick him into hanging out with us, we never would have been able to manage. We it. never would have known he existed. No, and I and and back with that weightlifting thing, I just want to touch on that for one more second, which is that I think you learn a lot about people by how they behave when they're really good at something, and um. Mike is a great example. Mike is just a truly like extraordinary physical specimen. He's just wildly strong. And it's funny because Mike and I, in certain things, we're a little bit closer, you know, a little more closely matched. I'd say just overall Mike is stronger than I am, but there's certain things where we're closer. And it is extraordinary to do something with somebody for that long and literally never feel as though they're doing anything but rooting for you. Like that's really hard to do. Like I think a good example is where you were an engineer and, you know, Dylan was an engineer and Allegis and Quinn, all of our friends, it's really hard to, it's hard to repeatedly do something like that in a sort of competitive environment and not feel like the person is trying to compete with you or wants to be better than you. They just want the best for themselves and for you. That's a pretty remarkable thing. And that's something Mike has, has always brought. Like he's never been anything but excited for me whenever I do something cool. And the feeling is very much mutual. Well, God, and we're getting along here but a couple anecdotes like when mike finally taught me how to deadlift he was so excited for me that i like learned the proper technique to deadlift Mm -hmm. which was amazing because i was lifting like a fraction of what he could lift 
But yeah. he was, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but he was just, he genuinely was excited for you. Truly genuine. And the other thing is just, I love to, to think about it is when we were trying to decide which of you two was the primary Michael, you carried our good friend Dylan and Mikey Mike carried me across the length of South Quad, which I think is like somewhere around a half mile or something like that. Um, that's just like, just, and like fireman carried us across. And I just think that is a, like, I wish that someone had taken, maybe Keddy has one, like a really awesome picture ground up of like Dill and I being carried by you two. Cause it's just, it's one of the strangest things we've ever done. It's so odd to me that we conceived of that idea and then actually did it just in the middle of the yeah. day. And I'm so glad we did because it's, because when we tell that story, it's true. And it's very much engraved upon my heart. So thank you both. Yeah, same. So that's Mikey Mike. Uh, he will be up there making the rest of us look uh, very small by comparison. If he accepts. If, again, yes, if he accepts. He it's is extremely presumptuous both, of you. I'm assuming that he already signed up to, to uh, I actually, I kind of think he may have actually signed up to move to Mars. <laughs> he's so, on the list like I whenever that happens might, i kind of think he might be on the list so i don't know i don't know how far away we are we'll get our best people on it but um yeah <laughs> hopefully it's that's after this yeah <laughs> so that's that's mikey mike and all right so the last the last uh alphabetically speaking on the friends list or friends portion of this list is is a man who has been on this pod several times um a man who I uh, this is a this is a person who I do actually have some regrets about our relationship in in that it started far too late. However, it has been hot and heavy. Um, I'm talking, of course, about our friend Quinn. So Quinn is a man who was friends primarily with you and Dylan uh, throughout college and who I was introduced to kind of like I, mean, I met him early on, but didn't become friendly with him really until junior year didn't become friends with him until senior year and then didn't become really good friends with him until after college and i got so lucky and snuck in the very back door of his bachelor party like i really shouldn't have been there but i snuck in and i have weaseled my way into his heart over over time <laughs> since then and it's been it's been a joy i like senior year I, I i did a lot of good work and i learned a lot about him got to know him well we we were we were definitely like good friends by the end of senior year and then but was not bachelor party friends and ha it's just it's taken off since then and um i'm very proud of the work i've done to cultivate this relationship i, I had a little bit of luck a little, little bit of wind at my back. But um, now Quinn, Quinn is just an extraordinary dude. He's he's a father and like a great loving father and husband, which is I think if you were to ask him probably his like his number one goal in life is something he has already accomplished, which was to be the best husband and father he could possibly be. And he's already there, which is so cool. So that's that would be, I think, probably the thing he'd want on his his gravestone. Uh, but beyond that, he's just he's just a, a person who loves stupid comedy as much as we do, who is incredibly interested in facts the way that we are, um, who loves sports, who knows everything about the stuff he loves the way we do. He's the guy who introduced me to all of the background prophecies at work in A Song of Ice and Fire. He was on the message boards well before I was. 
Um, he's he's a special dude. I've really enjoyed the trajectory of this friendship because it's sometimes easy to forget that like your different groups of friends aren't necessarily like as good of friends as, as you mm-hmm. are. And so I just have like always assumed that you were just as good as friends with Quinn as I was. And that wasn't necessarily the case. I mean, now you are obviously, yeah. but like it's, it's, it is fun to think about that. And I think it's cool that the bulk of this has happened after we've graduated, which is, I, I just think it's interesting. It's a testament to how well I think we've all stayed in touch since we yeah. graduated. And I really love that, but Again, from an outsider's perspective, I like, um, I love your shared interest in football and literature, and I think the defining quality that you both share is uh, your utter devotion to family. Like that's something that's yeah. paramount in both of your lives, and I think that you forged a pretty strong connection through that. So yeah, and I, and then one thing just wedding related. One of, so I'm, I, I do have a little bit of a reputation as a softie and I, I've earned it, but I will say one of the just most like heart melting moments that I can recall in my life was at Quinn and Emma's wedding. And it was when Quinn was dancing with his mom and it just, Quinn loves his mom. His mom is a fierce mama bear and has raised her son right. And that was just such <laughs> I was a puddle. I was an absolute puddle. And so I, in addition to all of the things that I, I kind of have in, in common with Quinn, I do feel a strong wedding connection with him because we've been at some weddings together and had a blast, but his wedding was just like an extraordinary affair. It was a beautiful thing. And he's really set the bar high because they were the first of our friends to get married. So but everyone has been doing their very best and they've all been fantastic. So. And different, which I really like. That's something that I've, I've very much appreciated about the weddings is that it doesn't feel like we're all like trying to find the bigger country club than the other ones. And the, the different version of the, we just have different tastes and different like aesthetics and different feelings. They've, you're right. They've all felt extremely specific to the personalities of the couple involved. Yep. hundred percent. It's been a real really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the friends portion of the list. So the next portion of the list is the bros. So the bros would be my brothers in law. Uh, I have three of those, and I will talk about each of them in turn. I I have been kind of trying to populate this on my own, and yeah, I suspect. Well, never mind. You keep going. No, but I'm very excited. Well, I'm, I'm just excited. Oh, you, you have a... Yeah, so your suspicion, uh, I think, will turn out to be rewarded. I'm very, very excited. Please continue. Yeah, so, yeah, you you are good at math. So, the bros are up next. So, I... Well, I actually technically have two brothers-in-law, and then we'll have a new brother-in-law the day of the wedding, or whenever we go to right. town hall. So, right. alphabetically, the first of those brothers-in-law is Jason. So, Jason is Caroline's younger brother. I met Jason when he was, let's see, he's four years younger than Caroline, or no, he's five years, five years? No, four years. He's four years younger than Caroline, so I met him when he was, well, like 11, 11 or 12. So at the time, he was like a little kid, and this is like, this is important context around our relationship. He was a little kid. I was a really a little kid myself, but felt 
cooler and older, but was was a little kid myself. So Jason and I were not super close early in our relationship because he was just he was he was little and I was still pretty young myself. But like we just you know, we didn't have a ton in common at the time. Sure. And he and naturally, like a lot of Caroline's family is a little bit on the shyer side. Fast forward like 10 years to where we are now. Jason and I, if we were in a different sort of like if if we had gone to college together or we had been in the same class, we would absolutely be friends, assuming he would want me as a friend because Jason is like Caroline and like all of Caroline's family, an insanely, insanely sweet and kind person who I enjoy spending my time with immensely. He is also a fanatic fan of Boston sports. Like he can quote Celtics, Patriots, Red Sox, not Bruins so much, but like all those players and stats in a way that very few others can. His sports opinions are very rarely heard because they're being spoken over by much hotter and less informed takes by the older members of his clan. Like, (laughs) he's saying something about, like, you know, I think James White had a pretty good game last week, and you'll be hearing, "Ah, Tom Brady sucks. And so (laughs) he doesn't get a word in edgewise on those things. But he's incredibly well-informed. He's a great brother to Caroline. He's been a great, almost soon-to-be brother-in-law to me. Um, I just, it sounds really corny, but I I am a little bit older than him. Like, we, I will always feel like a little bit more of an older brother to him, I think, than than appear to him. And so when I look at him and I kind of see the, the, young man it sounds this sounds so so corny coming out of my mouth but like see the young man he's become it's really special for me because he's a really really good guy and he i'm proud of the person he's become and i'm really excited for him to be there so i'm i'm excited i'm excited to have jason become an even bigger part of my life going forward and i'm excited to meet him if i if i'm correct about my conjectures i think he'll be the only person on this list who i haven't met so i'm if he's anything like caroline he's an utter delight. Yes. Um, the only the only problem with Jason is I do sometimes look at him and think like, ooh, he's pretty cute because he looks an awful lot like Caroline. And it's a little <laughs> uncomfortable for both of us, you know, when I linger just a little too long on a hug. Yeah, there's <laughs> so is that that not that nagging in the back of your head. It's all it, listen, it's always there. But that's but that is what's so special about marriage is. You will always be faithful to Caroline, even though her brother is cute. Yes, that's true. That is. It would kind point. of. It would kind of cheapen it, you know. Like if, you know what I mean. Like yeah. There, if there, I were to you know, break there, the marriage seal with her brother, <laughs> it would. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a little tough. Sorry, Jason. I apologize. I this was. Um, if you're listening, I don't know <laughs> if you ahead. are. Most Go ahead and of, cut that. <laughs> yeah, most of this was was just heartfelt uh, and genuine feeling of of love we'll, towards you but um we'll, we'll the just, last bit was we'll, no i don't think well, we should I cut think, it I, no i don't i'm not sure we should cut it but i i just i want to apologize to jason but i think we keep it oh well it's your pod <laughs> we'll have to see we'll see how it goes all right so moving <laughs> on down the list of brothers-in-law so next up is uh 
now officially a brother-in-law. I've been calling him like my brother-in-law. Well, he's almost a brother-in-law. What, like I, I've had to qualify this for a while, which has been very annoying. Uh, mm-hmm. So next on the list is uh, the Red Rocket, Seamus. Andy Dalton. Oh. Andy Dalton. So my brother-in-law, Seamus, it's very important to picture this because he is six foot five. He has flaming red hair. Um, he has a chin like a superhero. Like he looks like the crimson chin. He's just got like yep. a big classic square jaw and face. He just looks he looks like a superhero. He's he he's very physically intimidating. He's Wait, just a, he's a big yeah. That's a great nickname. The Crimson Chin. Oh, I didn't even think of that. He is yeah, crimson. He's crimson. Oh my god. This feels like a massive oversight. Let me just retype that. Crimson yeah, chin. Yeah, crimson chin. So so here's so here's the interesting <sighs> thing about Seamus. So I met I met him uh like not that long ago. He and Felicia had a very um short courtship, like two and a half years ago. And what's interesting about my relationship with Seamus is that when he joined the group, we were much closer in age than I was with with Steve when he joined the group, or I am with Jason. Like it's there's always been a little bit of a different dynamic with Steve and me and me and Jason, which is that there's a little bit of an older brother, younger brother kind of situation going on. And, and so that's, that kind of keeps a relationship in a certain path. Whereas with Seamus, we are basically the same age. We're like a couple weeks apart. And so I think early on in our relationship, there's a little bit more of like this sort of, we're the same age where there's a little bit of a rivalry, um, but that that disappeared quickly because I don't think either of us were interested in a rivalry. But what I have found in this relationship is we are both very interested in a lot of the same things, which is cool and a little bit different for me because, like I said, I've always been at a little bit of a different age. Like, Steve and I would theoretically want to watch a lot of the same movies, but he has a baby. And, you know, Jason and I haven't always wanted to watch a lot of the same movies we do now but that's new you know he he was a little bit younger whereas Seamus and I are very close and we love watching movies together I recently introduced him to the Bourne films um we are working on James Bond I think we're gonna maybe do some Star Wars work Seamus and this all is is funny because Seamus, if he were a character on a TV show, would probably be the Donald Glover character on Community. In that, like like Troy, he was a high school jock who has discovered over time that he was actually a nerd and just didn't know it. Because Seamus mm. loves, loves, loves things like Lord of the Rings, but just wasn't surrounded by people who liked Lord of the Rings. And I think... I I'm going to take a little bit of credit for this. I think I've helped bring out that part of him, uh, which has been cool. And he has helped bring out plenty of good things in me, too. And I think one particular thing he does is he calls me on my bullshit. Oh, someone's got to. No, somebody's got to. He has done that service for Felicia for a long time, but he's definitely done that for me. And so I think the two of us complement each other really nicely. And I'm just it's been fun for me to have uh, a friend because he's become my friend in addition to my brother in law um, who just who's who's interested in a lot of the same stuff as I am. And that's all, of course, without noting that he's just 
a really special person, which he is. I don't need to slobber all over him because he just got that all weekend about how great he is and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to bore everybody by telling you that Seamus is great because, you know, whatever. We just had a whole weekend of Seamus for his wedding. Yeah, get over it. Get over it. You've, you're fine. I can't add to it too much because I've only met Seamus uh, the one time when I visited your, your family uh, this past summer. But I got to say, that one experience was really really good yep he hit it off pretty well i think i hope he liked me because i really liked him and i don't want this you know i don't i'd have to think about how we could potentially um work him into something like a movie weekend because i could see him finding great joy in that i don't know now that i'm saying this out loud i'm i might see if he's interested in coming i don't know that that would be interesting to me movie week in 2020 let's do it Okay, I'm I'm like actually gonna have to I have to put that in the hopper because I think he would have a lot of fun at that. Um, all right, all right. So that's Seamus. Now moving on to a person who would decidedly not have fun at movie weekend. My other brother-in-law, Steve. Steve would hate movie weekend and everything about it, and that is why he's great because he's different, and because we have a different relationship. I don't think Steve has watched a movie. I don't really. I can, I would have a hard time thinking of the last time Steve has wow. watched a film. There was no qualifier. Like I just said, I don't think Steve has watched yeah, a no. movie. Yeah, I'm not sure. Steve, I don't. I honestly, I'd have to think about. I he's never he, seen a film. I, so I bet he and Nicole have watched Remember the Titans. Um, I'm sorry, oh, Kitty. How did you break in here? You're so cute. Eric. Oh, maybe his maybe his cat is the eleventh. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, Winnie. It mm. is. It's actually the Black Walden here is number eleven. Um, yeah, so I assume that he's watched a movie. Um, I I actually now think in my I guess like. 11, 11 years of knowing him, something like that. I actually am not sure we've ever watched a movie together. He'll probably correct me on this. I'm sure I'm wrong and I'm missing something. We may have watched a movie on Christmas like True Grit or The Fighter or something, but he really doesn't he's, He doesn't watch movies. The point of that is Steve has plenty of other things that he really likes. Steve is wildly into fitness, and it shows. He is just... A it sure does. Yeah, he is a, like an incredibly fit person, Um it both it shows just physically and also it shows when you watch him do his exercises he's a crossfit athlete and like a really really terrific crossfit athlete he's just very athletic he's also comes from athletic stock his whole family is is very good at sports and he was a good baseball and and basketball player back in the day and i still would love him to lace him up for uh, my softball team because i think we could we could make quite a formidable duo he won't do it uh, but that is one of the things I like most about Steve is that if he doesn't want to do something, he just doesn't. And I sometimes I think when I tell him that he hears it as a criticism, like as though I'm saying like you dick. But that's not it. He I really appreciate it and admire that about him. That is such a commendable quality. And it's yep. extremely rare. Yeah. Um, That's something I'm trying to be better at myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an extremely glowing 
compliment. And yeah, and it, and I can understand how when you I can understand how when you receive that compliment, it can sometimes sound like a, a veiled critique. It just isn't. I really liked it about Steve because you always know if he's doing something with you, it's the thing he wants to be doing, which is a very nice feeling to have. This is totally off topic, and it's going to sound like I'm lauding myself, but it's I think it's a relevant anecdote. I get a lot of uh, heat for drinking. Uh, feminine beverages, things yes. or things that are stereotypically feminine. Yeah, this is true. Uh, and I remember what, Quinn and you really like to give you a hard time about it. It's all in good fun. But I remember one time I was drinking a shandy, a summer shandy, and uh, Quinn just like very quietly he said like I think the fact that Kyle drinks shandies unashamedly is the like the most masculine thing about him. And it was like the it was. <laughs> It was like su- it was such a genuine like endorsement, and I, I like the fact that you're like yeah. you know, bestowing that same kind of um, not comparing myself to Steve. But my point is that like that's a very glowing. No, but review. I think that's an excellent. I think that's an excellent example of this situation, and it's that is something I I really admire about Steve. Um, he's just him, and I I love it about him. He's a person who just is passionate about things. Like he he has found a lot of passions in his life and is like slowly worked towards ones that he likes for more than like a phase. I think he's had some phases where he was crazy into stuff and has kind of moved on to other things, but the stuff that he's really loves, he's like, he's really found. And the biggest thing that he loves and is passionate about is my sister, Nicole and my nephew, Sal. He's a just, just mind blowingly good husband and dad. He's just, the way he is around Sal is something to behold. And I, one of my fondest memories of Steve is probably my fondest memory of Steve is seeing him hold Sal for the first time. It was, um, my sister had a very difficult delivery and it was, it was not uh, fun. It was a tough night for all of us. And Steve was not sure yet how Nicole was doing and was just holding Sal and, I walked in the room and I saw him holding Sal and it was like he was holding on for dear life. This was his this was his one kind of rock in that moment. And I knew that no matter what, he and Sal were going to be OK. And it was just really amazing to me. Um, Steve is that kind of person. And so that was that was really special. But it was funny because it's come a long way from from when I met Steve, which was the two of us escaping doing dishes uh, by running upstairs in my old house to what we would call, let's have a draft. Because we never wanted to play with the stock teams in the show, MLB The Show. We would draft our own teams. And we were actually just discussing the other day all the value picks that you could get on those drafts. Um, So we would just have these dumb teams from like MLB 2010 while OK Go played endlessly in the background on that stupid soundtrack. So... He's come a long way. Our relationship's come a long way, and we've got a lot of years ahead of us. Amazing. Yeah. So those are the bros. Uh, so we move into our next our next phase, which is the and this will this will become apparent kind of when I get to number one. So these are the vice best men. So we are we are gonna have a a triumvirate of vice best men. Uh, we are going to have three people who are going to be in charge of all of sort of the traditional best men duties, including organizing a bachelor party. We're going to have a, a separate uh, a best man who's got sort of his own his own catalog. But the vice best men, uh, starting with alphabetically the first 
Dylan. So Dylan is is one of my my best friends in the world, um, as the listeners know. So I met Dylan freshman year of college. Well, I met him over the internet before that because we had been paired as roommates and Kyle was, of course, unreachable via the internet. But Dylan and I, like, you know, sent a couple of messages back and forth or whatever. And I thought he was a total douchebag because uh, I was making a lot of really unfair regionally based judgments. Basically, I, I said, oh, he's from Long Island and has light colored hair, which he may or may not die. And he plays hockey. Like what a douche! douche. What a douche! I, those are just really not sound reasons to think somebody's a douchebag, and both just as a general rule, but also in this specific case, I was very wrong. I met Dylan and um, was just immediately smitten with him, like immediately. I, Dylan is just D- Dylan is hard to encapsulate in sort of a tweet length review of him, but I think I think. What the anecdote that just strikes me is the anecdote that our rector, our father, Bob, who is the rector in our dorm in college and also who presided over both Kyle and Dylan's weddings. It's an anecdote that he shared, which is we don't need to necessarily get into the specifics, but basically we were talking about a a reasonably touchy subject in college and the university um, had kind of stepped in it on in regards to this topic. And so there was a video they were showing and they were having these open discussion sections. And so we we're talking about this topic and Dylan and I took different views on it. And Dylan had a pretty, pretty firmly held view um, that was informed by his faith. And those naturally, those are things that are tough to kind of change, right? You know, it's your faith. And usually those kind of rules are in some cases, literally written in stone so Dylan and I were talking and I think having a very productive, a very, a very civilized, but not particularly productive discussion. And Father Bob came over and we were talking about this topic and Dylan just was like, hmm, he kind of was like, hmm, because Father Bob didn't take the side of this discussion that Dylan was expecting. And I just remember wondering where that was going to go like i remember wondering okay so dylan has kind of been in my view at the time because i was i love winning a, a debate i was like oh he got shut up by the priest that's that's a huge w for me um and it's just i wondered okay was this just a one-time thing or what's going to happen with this and i think it's safe to say that dylan's thinking on this topic evolved immensely and not because of really like Michael's great persuasive arguments, but because he was really willing to open his eyes to something new. Um, And he was really influenced by the opinion of somebody he trusted in father Bob and just Dylan allowed himself to grow. And that was a really good early warning sign that I was dealing with somebody special was that he wasn't the kind of person to, take his ball and go home he was the kind of person who would learn and who would grow and that has always been the case with dylan um he's just he's an extraordinarily good and kind person and a very very open-minded person somebody who's always willing to see the positive in people sometimes to his own detriment but always in a way that's i think helpful for me because i'm less um less accustomed to to taking that view of people in the world. And so Dylan has always been good for me in that way. And I think good for all the people in his life. He's, he's some kind of guy. He's the very best. Uh, 
<laughs> I lived with Dylan for basically seven consecutive years and <laughs> um have very few uh friends as good as he is. Um I I I think that's a great story to pick to talk about Dylan, but it's funny cuz by like if I if you, if I think of you two like the my defining image of the two of you is uh the very first weekend we all spent time together our orientation weekend we were three kids did not know each other we're trying to feel each other out and yeah <laughs> could but, tell that we liked each other but had no yeah. idea that we would become such lifelong friends but so like this is like a day after like we'd known each other for hours at this point and there was like a you know those games where obviously you do i'm sure you remember this i will never forget yeah. it it's yeah. like one of those games where you stand in like a ball pit and there's like these two raised pedestals and then they give you these like big they're basically punching bags with handles on them and you like joust with the person across from you and <laughs> you two get up on these things and like just both of you are very competitive i think dylan is more overtly so like it's more obvious but you're also very competitive and like it, it took like two seconds for you guys to be like no like i'm not gonna fucking fall off this pedestal and <laughs> watching you guys like swinging these bags like as hard as you could at each other like willing the other person to fall off into the, it was like you were fighting on mount doom and yes. <laughs> I over remember, the one ring i remember <laughs> the feeling of realizing that this was for real because yeah my my inclination is always to match the le- like kind of I'm I'm the kind of person who will be as casual or as serious in a like pickup game as as the situation calls for, and I was assuming this was going to be a casual bop around, and I found out very quickly it was not, and I I ratcheted up, but I really didn't expect that. I I love it. Like that's that's the kind of yeah. stuff that friendships are forged out of. That and escaping from a an off-campus party probably the cops, that same night the cops dude yes yeah we it happened very quickly yeah um, that was that was a very that was a very defining moment of sort of the way our relationships worked early on especially that like dylan and i would absolutely be like oh dude come find me like we were we did a really good job of helping each other survive those situations because we didn't know what we were doing I think it's very cool that with a lot of the people on this list, you've developed a relationship with them over time and sometimes yeah. through other people. But with Dylan, it was just like, well, we live in the same room yeah. and it it just, and it just was immediately obvious from the beginning that it was going to be a great friendship. So, yeah, and I'm, ha- I'm very privileged to have been uh, adjacent to that. Hundo P. Hund OP. All right. Uh, so number two of the three vice best men. Next up, alphabetically, is uh, a man I have known for quite some time. I have known him since I was in seventh grade. He was just at my sister's wedding. And I, I really, I, it's... The, oh, that makes me happy. The only thing that really, like, people who know him would need to hear is just... Just picture him at a wedding with my family. I am not sure who likes him the most. Like, I... <laughs> I don't know which member of my family was most excited to see him there, but suffice to say, everyone was over the moon excited to see him. Uh, He's a person I've done everything with. I, you know, I 
he was the first person who drove me anywhere. Uh, we kind of learned about ourselves in high school together. You know, there's stuff that there's stuff that you see and experience together with people you've known since that age. That just you can't really simulate it. It just it's just it's real life. I mean, I you know we we lost one of our very good friends uh, from high school together, and we went to his wake. We went to his funeral, and that's just the stuff that you don't. You can't fake that. Like we've been through that, and I went to his grandmother's wake, and and he's been there for me through things like that in my life, and I've been there for him when his heart has been broken. And he's been there for me when my heart is broken, and we've just seen each other at our best and at our worst for whatever it is now, like fifteen years. That's that's a long time, and I've played on his dad's softball team for like five years, and. Uh, he, you know, we, he's come to movies with me and my dad and with my dad's coworker and my 50 year old best friend, Nate, you know, we just, we've spent a lot of time together and getting to know each other. And John is the most intensely loyal person I know. And he's the kind of person they talk about love languages and John's love language has always been service to others. He often often to a point that harms himself serves others like he just he is always there for anybody who needs him including me and i a good i think a good encapsulation of the degree to which he's wormed his way into the hearts of my whole family is the day of my sister nicole's rehearsal dinner she and my sister felicia were at a local like kind of strip mall place to go do a couple errands including getting their nails done i think and they, I guess they locked themselves out of my sister's car and the timing was getting tight and there was no question. The person you call in that situation is John. No, like there, there is no question. And John has such a typically John answer. So he gets the call and he always picks up, always, always, always picks up. So he picks up the phone. Usually he's saying something incredibly inappropriate because he knows who's pick, who's calling. And so he'll pick it up with a lead in that's not okay. But so he, he picks it up and Nicole or inflation just say, oh, no, we got this problem. The car, we locked the keys in the car. And what do we do? And he's like, well, what kind of car is it? And she said, oh, it's a whatever. And, and he's like, you didn't lock the keys in the car. And she's like, what? He's like, it's not it's literally not possible. You can't lock the keys into that car. You left them somewhere else go look he says and if you don't find him call me back in 10 minutes and so they look around of course they find the keys and i just I, but if they hadn't he would have been there 10 minutes later jump-starting the car breaking into it or whatever but it just was so john because it's incredibly caring patient and very knowledgeable <laughs> like that's him i <clears throat> i want to caveat this this comparison because i don't think that john is the type to uh behave extremely violently but i he reminds me of renner's character in the town yeah where if you needed something from him he would just ask who's like it, he would be there no questions asked right no questions asked not never um, has never will that's just who he is yeah it's just whose car you're gonna take but i yep. i remember my interactions with john have been limited but brilliant when i've had them i remember the first time i came to visit you and your family out out there i was like a little bit nervous because i had you know stylized myself in my head as you know if not your best friend like one of two probably and 
like I'd heard about John and like despite my best efforts was very jealous and like was prepared to have like you know some some not hard feelings towards him but some light light animosity and <laughs> it's just impossible to feel that way about John like and that was immediately clear like within yeah. two, two seconds of meeting him uh <laughs> I I haven't seen him in some time but I can't wait to see him in, uh, assuming I'm invited to your wedding but um, yeah he looks i just, tell you what he looks great he's got the he's got as he calls it the the, the f boy haircut he's got the good beard going he's feeling his oats uh I, it is funny though just what you said there because i had the exact same experience with neil where i'm like i'm kind of ready to like think neil's a douche and i met him and what was cool what was cool about neil specifically i don't know if this was the case with john but with neil he was he was actually really nervous to meet me too and it was so obvious right away that both of us were like afraid to meet each other. And it was so funny and like dumb for both of us that I was like, oh, this guy's awesome. And I want him to be my friend. It's hard to imagine John being nervous to meet me. But uh, nevertheless, we I think we hit it off. So yeah, swimmingly. Well, it's you know what? That's a perfect segue because that brings me to the final vice best man alphabetically speaking from j to k that is you my friend you are invited to the wedding and i would be honored if you would stand up there with me uh while i get married well this ends a, a very long period of trepidation for me uh yeah. i am relieved i am relieved to be receiving the invite uh i will have to check my schedule of course yes. i would love to accept yeah. uh this honor. but you never want to accept out of hand i understand you have to check your social calendar you understand that i do i i'm a, as a man with a full dance card myself i get it um well i i i think you can see on my face i'm i'm delighted uh to have you to have you ask um i got really nervous because a while back you were telling me that you had considered briefly because there were so many people you'd considered for this type of group just having it be uh your brothers-in-law like keeping it to to family and i was terrified that you might do that because i really wanted to be a part of this selfish like extreme extremely selfishly i would i will admit um but it, it is it really is selfish because i just want to be like i want people to know that i am like on this level of friendship with you uh i don't know you're you know you're one of my very best friends in the world and we share an absurd amount of interest. That's why we're able to do a podcast like this together. And um, a lot of the, the phrases and the terms that you've used to describe the people on this list, I think are apt because they're ones that I think those people and I would use to describe you. You're intensely and absurdly loyal. It's one of your defining qualities. You're you love and care for your family and your friends. You care for your friends as if they are family. Um, you know, you're, you're funny, you're intelligent, you're fun. And all this to say, I'm, I couldn't be more honored to be asked to be a part of this special day for you because, uh, I, I don't know, it's been, and it's interesting because, and we've talked about this, how I have been, I haven't been exposed to you and Caroline as much as you have been to me and Lee just because we all went to school together. But whenever I spend time with you and Caroline, it's, it's really, really fun because I enjoy your company, but also because of the way you two interact and having seen the way you two interact with each other and with your friends and particularly with 
your family and your nephew. It makes me absurdly excited for what is to come after you two are wed. And I, I can't express how privileged I am to be a part of it. And it, I don't know. It, it means the world to me that you'd ask me to. So thank you, Mike. Thank you, Kyle. You're far too good a man. I, I, I will spare folks some of the details, but Kyle and I have been, and I'll, I'll say it. We've been best friends for a long time now. Yes, there are some ties in there. We don't need to get into rankings, but Kyle, Kyle is is my best friend, um, and he's a person who I I trust very deeply with all of the kind of innermost workings of my persona. Um, I I think I think like Kyle said, I'm a I'm a very intense person, uh, and so I ask a lot of people because I'm I'm willing to give a lot to people, and so I I don't think it's easy to be as close to me as you are because it's not it's not the kind of it's not like the kind of class where there's no homework there's a lot of homework i i want a lot because i feel like i give a lot and um so you and i have just this this really cool relationship where i think it's ever deepening i think you and i started out as people who had common interests and i think over time have realized that those common interests are sort of just like the the, the pieces that are in between the bigger stuff that we share, you know, things like loyalty, like family, like, um, you know, just a, a kind of, a, I think you and I are both deeply interested in, in being better versions of ourselves um, and trying to think about how to do that. And I think that's been one of the really neat areas of exploration is you and I are both deeply curious about our own roles in our relationships and how to be a better, you know, son or brother or or husband or fiance or what it, you know, whatever it is, I think I have realized over time that however, whatever I want to ask of you in our relationship, you can deliver, which is, which is really cool. Um, and it's a really special part of our relationship because that's not always what you find. You know, there, there's people who you can have a good relationship with in some sense and you, you know, you're like, all right, let's take this to the next level. And it's, it's not there and that's okay, but it has always been there in our relationship. And I think, you know, we have leaned on each other in times when we've needed each other. And a lot of the things I've said about everybody else apply to you. And, and the stuff I said about John, you know, we have been through some shit. You know, we have seen some stuff. We have seen, you know, people close to us, you know, go through things. And we've seen our, our you've gotten married. And we've seen our friend Quinn have a baby. And those are, those are real life things that don't go away. And I find every time the bell rings, you answer the bell. And that's, that's a special thing. So those, those are my vice. Those are my vices. Wow. What a, what a, what a group to be a part of. That is a, yes. a, quite a list. And I very excited for uh, the last member of this, of this party. The, the last member of this party is my, is my official best man. Um, so the origins of this are twofold. So a figuring out a best man is a difficult thing. I think, um, so partially I have wanted to get revenge on both Kyle and Dylan for not naming me as their best men. I've been I've been thinking about a plot for years about how to get them back because they both have brothers who, you know, well, whatever, they're fine. But they were able <laughs> to give the best man to their brothers because that was such a cop out. And I, you know what? I said, fuck those guys. I am going to find a way to get my revenge 
it was mathematically difficult to figure out how to get that revenge. And then I had a brain blast. I said to myself, who has been my best friend since I was a but a wee lad? Who is the person who I trust more than anybody on the planet? Who is the person who I have... I have just spent so much happy time with in my life. Uh, and that's my dad. My, that's my dad, Jerry. We have a relationship that is very, very special. I, I think it's funny. I think back in my life to the time when I think I realized that I wanted to be friends with my parents, Maureen and Jerry. And so I, I, I think, I think, uh, people on this know. So I I got grounded in high school. Uh, my junior year of high school, I got in trouble with my parents. And so I was grounded. And I think a big part of that grounding was my parents telling me, let's, let's think about who you're spending time. I also just to be clear, because so I don't know, thinks anything really, really bad. I, I'd gotten caught drinking. So it was bad, but nothing, nothing horrifically bad. Um, I don't want to imply I was in it. Yeah. any sort of crime. Um, yeah. But so I so I got grounded, and my parents were like, you know, you got to really think about what you want to do. You know, you have some stuff going on. You're 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 smart, and you know you're good at sports and whatever, and you're on student council and all this crap. Like, what do you want? Do you want to be good? Do you want to be great? What are the things you want in your life? And let's you know, let's just take some time to figure out what you're doing here and. I remember my parents were so incredibly supportive of at that time because I had never been in trouble before. I didn't really drink in high school at all. I had just screwed up. I screwed up. And I think my parents could have taken a lot of different paths in this situation. They could have punished me like really, really harshly. They could have shrugged it off because that's what teenage kids do. But I think instead they saw a really good opportunity to ask me like what what's your plan here like what are you planning to do with your remaining time in high school and I remember that it was a really good time too because it was it was Halloween and so it was leading into like Thanksgiving break and this was right around the time our family started our tradition of going up to New Hampshire to this inn that we go to every year and so it was this really reflective time. Like I spent a lot of time not being allowed to like, go see my friends or use my phone or whatever. And then we went up to New like Hampshire a Thoreau and, thing. Yeah, it was a little bit of the Thoreau thing. And I was so struck by how incredibly supported I was by my parents. And then I was struck by how much I enjoyed spending time with my parents and this was the year that my parents and I saw, except for uh, 127 hours, we saw every movie nominated for the Best Picture Oscar. My mom didn't want to go because the arm gets cut off. Though, ironically, yeah. Winter's Bone, that's a major part of that plot. Uh, and we did see that one. So it was this really interesting time in my life where I had been doing fine and doing great and, and whatever. My life was great. But my parents were like, let's take it up a notch. Like, let's be better. Let's do better. And through that, I ended up spending a ton of time with my parents. And I realized that I actually enjoyed spending my time with my parents more than I enjoyed spending time with the people I had been spending time with. Um, I ended up 
using this opportunity to sort of spend time with other friends in school who I enjoyed my time with more and who had more in common with me. But the first friends that I had when I had this sort of like friendship rebirth were my parents. And I realized that I just, I had a really special connection with them that went beyond their just being good parents. I always knew they were good parents and I always loved them and I always enjoyed spending time with them, but I didn't realize that I, I had never affirmatively chosen. These are my friends. And that was kind of the beginning of our friendship, I think. And since that time, especially into my whole life, but since that time, especially, you know, I've, I've watched a hell of a lot of movies with my parents and I've listened to a hell of a lot of music and I've watched a lot of Patriots games. I mean, the, we haven't missed a Patriots game since 2006 and we have seen a bunch of Bruce concerts and we've been to Italy a couple times and I've just, I've shared my life with my family and my parents and a really big part of that is my relationship with my dad. He's a lot like me in a lot of ways um, and he has always been, he's always understood kind of where I'm at in my life and has always let me grow into that phase, but still offered me a lot of guidance. And so he's, he's just an incredibly special person. I love him a lot. And, um, I don't know. Those are, those are kind of just the big, those are the big things that he offers me. And then there's of course the small stuff like having an encyclopedic knowledge of store-bought cookies and, trying to steal my my best friend and um you know just his his ability to wheedle his way into everything I'm doing um but I think I think he has shown this really boundless capacity in our friendship to be generous and move towards me which is a really cool quality as a father but it's a really cool quality as a friend my dad liked the patriots but he didn't love the Patriots. But when I went to college, especially, it was a really convenient way for us to have something to talk about and keep in touch on. So guess what? He loved the Patriots then. He learned to love the Patriots. And, you know, my dad isn't big into politics, but I got interested because I was in college and that's what you do in college. And so guess what? He started sending me articles. And those are things that a friend does. And that's um, that's been something that's been really neat for me is my dad is just willing to do what he needs to do to be the best friend he can possibly be. It is. It's, it's been really fun to spend more and more time with the two of you together. Cause I, I, I got to see Jerry fairly frequently in school cause he'd come help move you in or come for whatever. And so I had some limited exposure to him, but I've been privileged to have, have spent a decent amount of time with Jerry, either through this podcast or in person at football games or, I visited you a number of times um, and it's cool as I've started to acquire like the, the requisite sample size to, to make it statistically significant, but it's, it's really interesting to see the things about you that clearly you got, you learned from your parents and that's really fun. Um, and there are more and more of them as I get to know you, you better, but, and, but you see that a lot with, with parents and, and their kids, what's unique about your relationship is that <laughs> like, like this past summer when I came up to, to visit you guys, it was like, it sounds like, it sounds kind of not weird, I guess, but like, yeah, I went to like your parents' place in New Hampshire with you. It's like, so it was you and Mike and Mike's parents and you just hung out all weekend. It's like, 
yeah, that's exactly what it was. But it just felt like it was four of us hanging out because like you said, they're your parents, but they're also your friends. And my mom says this all the time. She's like, you have to love your kids, but you don't have to like them. And she always says that she's fortunate that she happens to like us. Um, and I'm good friends with my mom, obviously. But it's <laughs> it's fun to bro out with Jerry. And also, I've learned a lot from Jerry, even in my yeah comparatively limited exposure to him. And it's cool to see how much you've learned from him and how much you enjoy spending time with him. Um, yeah. So I, I think this is the perfect pick for your best man. And if I know anything about Jerry, I know that he's, this is probably the, the greatest honor he's ever known. I mean, and I don't want to, of course, I'm sure, you know, feels the same way about your sisters, but this is, this is the greatest honor you could bestow upon Jerry because he, like you put so much stock into, into his family and his friends. So yeah, I'm, I love this. And I would like to, I mean, it's, you mentioned that Jerry has been trying to steal your best friend. He hasn't been trying to hard enough. I gave him my number some time uh, yeah, ago. Yeah, I, I mentioned I haven't that. heard from him. I told him that the other Maybe. day. I was like, I heard, I heard you got Kyle's number. Like, what's going on? What does it take? I, do, yeah. do I have to call him out on the Groomsman podcast? Like, what is this? I think if you, I honestly, I think if you sent him a funny enough clip, or possibly just a picture of your butt, like I think that would be probably the best thing he could receive from you. No, that's the whole problem is I don't have his number. If he, oh. if, he, if he if he it's not like I'm like playing coy and waiting for oh, him I to Oh, I thought text you were me. like yeah. Oh. No, I I gave him my number and I was like, "Yo, text me." And I was like not going to hound him cuz I figured Jerry has my number, he'll text me tomorrow. He's Does you know, mean? I will say he's actually it, it it's kind of out of character, but he's actually a pretty bad texter. If he well, see I, I don't I don't mean to call him out, but no, I'm also like it. very overtly calling him out. No, he deserves it. I, but like I said, don't get your hopes up because it won't live up to him. He doesn't. He's not nearly the the texture that he is the person. He's better in person. That's fine. On the I'm, phone. I'm just I'm just needy, and I'm in in lieu of uh, uh, a blossoming texting relationship with Jerry. I will certainly take being involved in in this experience with him. I yeah. cannot. Wait, this is about a good list of of dudes you can fi- you could find. So yeah, I and I and I will just uh, uh, two two minor clarifications. One is that um, not all the people on this list will be invited to the bachelor party, and that is to say specifically Jerry. I told him he is not invited, <laughs> so Jerry will not be coming to the bachelor party. Oh, oh shit! Uh, all right. Everybody else will be coming, and I do think I actually have a couple other folks I would I would like to invite to the bachelor party. I don't want to spoil that just yet, but um, there's a couple of people. One of whom is is my favorite person to be at a bachelor party with. He's yeah the greatest bachelor <laughs> party person ever. Um, he'll be there, and a couple other people. Uh, and we actually just asked. Uh, I don't want to blow up this person's spot because I don't know if they're going to say yes, but we did ask uh, somebody else to officiate our wedding. So we've got we got a couple. Oh, of really? Things. Yes. Um, and, and I also, I don't know what being a best man is actually going to be like for people, to be clear. I have, I actually have no idea. I don't know what we're going to be wearing or like if people are going to ush or stand or what. So I, we'll see. But you can, this is my list. Regardless of what everybody does on game day, this is the list. Fantastic. 
yeah, so that's the scoop. Uh, I'll run through it real quick. Um, no re-ranking, because these aren't ranked. These are tiered. Very different. They're just tiered and alphabetical within those tiers. That's exactly. It. So, friends, Alex, Jameson, Mike, Quinn, Bros, Jason with a Y, Seamus, oh. Steve. I know, it is, isn't that interesting? Uh, like Jason Worth. Yes, exa- precisely like Jason Worth. Uh, the Vice Best Men, Dylan, JD and Kyle. And number one, or not number one, damn it. Not <laughs> ranked, though. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Not uh, ranked, well, though. Not ranked. Uh, the best man, the official best man. He's um, number one. Come on, he's the best the, man. The official best man who is not invited to the bachelor party. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, my father, Jerry. So that's the deal. Amazing. What a, I, This is uh, a very creative and appropriate uh, use of this medium i mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to listening to this in like 10 years yes yeah when when i've no longer friends with you know i don't know jameson and i have had a huge falling out over whether there should be a two-state solution in israel and palestine or what yeah the brexit really hit you guys hard yes oh that's a perfect one yeah we take different sides of the brexit issue yeah <laughs> Probably the more like the Brentrance when they're just begging to come yeah. back. And Jameson and I take a very Jameson's thing. like, well, it's about time. And you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's like when, doesn't that happen on Family Guy with the chicken? Like something happens and he's like, what do you mean? And then he gets in the fight with, that's like the first time he fights the chicken. Oh, I hope. Well, I don't hope this, but it would be kind of fun to see you and James. Actually, it would be better if you and Mike were engaged in some endless recurring like yeah. epic duel. That would be a good time. That, yeah. Yeah. At any rate, that's as hard as it would be. Do you have anything to say? Well, I guess I would say uh, our theme music was put together by Kevin McLeod, and his services for the Not Top 3 were not needed today, but it is stanky. It's stanky as usual Um, uh, in our heads. Yeah, in our hearts. And then our artwork, you know, this was put together by Erin Sant. She's fantastic. If you were ever interested to see more of her artistic stylings, Sant Design on Instagram is where you would most easily do that. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. Uh, I would like to thank our social media director, coordinator, whatever we're calling her, uh, Maven. I think Maven is probably the word. The social Car- media Maven. Social media Maven. Uh, Caroline Labranti. She's done a terrific job with all of our social media sturf. Uh, and you can find her. She has an official uh, photography Instagram now, which is Caroline Labranti Photography. So you can oh. check. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, check that stuff out there. Uh, she That's has, what's good. It, it is good. She's helped us with our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter. All those things are top 10 KM with the 10 spelled out T-E-N. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, you think you should be a best man, uh, whatever, shoot us an email, top10km at gmail.com. Finally, while well, I imagine you are listening to this on some sort of podcast app and not just on the internet because that's weird you can check us out on another one if you like including the apple podcast app stitcher spotify podbean pretty much wherever podcasts can be found so that is what i would say my friend i think that is pretty much all there is to say and since we're damn near at uh, 80 minutes let's just get out of here good work amigo get the hell out of here all right nice work till next week all right peace peace